I want to share with you a little story before we get into the last uh, sermon on Ephesians chapter 3. I felt, I felt to share this, and it's around uh, the Word of God and, and the importance of the Word of God. It's something that God really revealed to me about 25 years ago. Actually, first year of marriage, God stepped down in my life. I'd made profession of faith, but you know, have you come to the reality of Christ yet? Where it's beyond religion, it's beyond a belief system, but it's something that, boom, whoa, this is real. Well, that happened first year of marriage for me. And God brought me to a story by a, name, a guy named Josiah. He was a king of Judah. And it's a really interesting passage of scripture. And it inspired me so much that I have my eldest son here, 18, who's called Josiah. And no king before Josiah or after him sought God with his whole heart. So this guy got legit. He got real. He got revival going. And he really cleansed Israel, or Judah, I should say, at the time. And the, the passage of Scripture that I want to, to bring to you here is in Second Chronicles. And it's, it's, you know, the Old Testament sometimes has a lot of names I don't really read well. But I will attempt to, uh, with, these, with, these, um, with this passage... While they were bringing out the money, they had been taken from the house of the Lord. So he's cleaning everything up. He's get, taking down idols. He's cleansing. They have to address the temple. There's a lot of chaos going on in Judah at the time. This guy, Hilkiah, the priest, found the book of the law written by Moses. And Hilkiah said to Shaphan, the scribe, I have found the book of the law in the house of the Lord. And he gave, and he gave it to Shaphan. Moreover, Shaphan the scribe told him, Hilkiah the priest has given me a book, and Shaphan read it in the presence of God. Or sorry, the presence of the king. It's fascinating to me. I don't know what these people were doing because they weren't certainly following the book of Moses because they didn't know where it was. It's a strange thing. They had so deviated from the book of Moses and, and reading the book that they didn't even realize they were missing it. It had become so insignificant to them. So the religious activities were all going on. They were still doing things. They were probably adding things, certain opinions. But certainly the book of the law was like, eh, didn't know we needed it. And this is what happens. And when the, king of, when the king heard the words of the law, he tore his clothes and commanded a bunch of guys, as you can read, uh, these guys. He said, go inquire of the Lord for me, for those remaining in Israel and Judah concerning the words in the book that has been found. For great is the wrath of the Lord that has been poured out on us because our fathers have not kept the word of the Lord by doing all that is written in the book. So they embraced the religion around Yahweh. They embraced the religion and the privileges that came with it, but the details of it, they're like, eh. And I, I think that today, that in our own circle in Christianity, it's gotten kind of weird. And the book of the law, as it were, we all have these most likely, at least there was only one in Israel or Judah, but it's almost hidden in plain sight. And do you know what it says and what it requires and what God thinks? There's, it's a pretty thick book. I mean, even half of it's about, you know, the New Testament. So I just encourage you to don't take the guy on TikTok's word for it or Instagram or your favorite YouTube preacher or me. It's before you, the Word of God. At one time in Israel, you could say, you guys are ignorant. Yeah, we're ignorant. We're ignorant. We haven't got no book. What are you talking about? We're ignorant. But we all have the book. We all have the book. Amen? So I encourage you, and that's why we're going through this book in Ephesians, to read what does it say. We don't cherry pick the good bits. 
like a spiritual cafeteria going, I like this, I like this, I like this. I don't like that. Truth can offend. The truth that is from above, think about it. Do you think God's ways and God's thoughts are going to be challenging to us in any way? Do you think God lives like we do? Do you think his thoughts on situations and perspectives on the cultures and things, it might be a little bit different? It is. And so we, do we pick and choose truth on whether it offends or it doesn't offend? Or do we desire truth? Because that's what happened to me at 26 years. I was sick of flippant religion, the religion of men. And then I realized that Jesus never came to establish a religion. He came to establish a kingdom. And often it's said that religion remains when God moves on. And that's what was going on here. Their hearts, were, their hearts would give him praise, but sorry, their, their mouths would give him praise, but their hearts were far from him. And that's the rebuke that God brought through Josiah in, this, in, this, in the cleansing of Judah. God wants us to be real with him, and he will be real with us. It's when we turn and face him and go, I'm done with the religion around him. With the real Jesus step forward and show himself. You read this book, he is incredibly powerful. He is magnificent. He is moving. He is living and active. He is above all. He is the creator of heaven and earth. And as you begin to meditate, meditate and feed on this word, you get changed. It's not like a history book. It's not just like a, a biology book that you study and you acquire knowledge and that's good. No, the word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. It cuts across. It slays you, as it were. It divides joint and marrow. It judges the, divides the soul and the spirit. It judges the thoughts and intentions of the heart. If you want truth, seek in the book. Not just Christian books. And I'm listening to a great Christian book. There's great Christian... But no, you go to the source. The veil has been rent. We have access to the Holy of Holies. We no, need, no longer need gurus. We no longer need priests. We no longer need someone who stands in the way. We go directly before the Father through Jesus Christ. That's why he chose fishermen and not religious people to further his gospel of his kingdom. So they wouldn't get entwined making it more of a religion. He says, Come. Come, all the access to the Father is through the Son by faith. So I encourage you with this. And there's the sermon. I haven't even started. Sorry. We thank you, Lord. We desire truth in the innermost parts. We're done with fiction. We admit that apart from you, we can do nothing. What do I know as a 51-year-old guy brought up on the West Coast of B.C.? Lord, I desire that which is from above, that which is from heaven, that which is articulated by the living God. We don't desire to be, to be esteemed higher. We, want, we desire to get lower before you. We're not looking for self-esteem. We're looking for Christ-esteem. We're looking for you, Lord God, in us. And we desire truth in the innermost parts, in the deep parts, in the deep parts where all the ugliness resides from bad childhoods, from all the weirdness of life, that you would go deep inside. Have your way, O Lord God. Only you have the words of life. So we just commit this time to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen. Ephesians chapter 3. This is the last uh, uh, sermon on Ephesians that we'll be doing this year. It's nice because it, we're going to end chapter 3, and it's a beautiful division because chapter 4 completely starts towards the church in general. So it's a nice place to stop.
the next three weeks after, Jeb will be sharing the Christmas story. So everyone said, wow, she's got a big fan of yours, Jeff. It's a start. It's a start. So we're going to jump right in. For this reason, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14, for this reason, what reason? The reason I spoke about last week. Paul's gospel, the Gentiles, I bend my knees before the Father from whom every family in heaven on earth derives its name. So Paul here is going to pray again. If you remember in chapter 1, he said, I pray. So he stops. He says, for this reason, I bow my knees. I, I'm going to, he's going to get down on his knees and pray. And I always find it intriguing to see what Paul prays about. Now, you've got to understand, Paul did not have earthly children that we know of. He wasn't married. But he had a ton of spiritual kids. And so what is he praying for his kids? It helps me because i got kids. I'm like, Lord, what should I be praying for my kids? What should I be interceding for them? In a sense, in a sense, not limited to, but as, as an over, as an umbrella, Lord, what is it that I should be praying about? I like this. He says, "From every, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derive its name." It's interesting. He says in Acts 17, Paul, that from one man God made every nation of men that they should inhabit the whole earth, and He determined their appointed times and boundaries of the land. He says, "From one man we are all here." And that man was made in the image and likeness of God. It's an amazing thing to look when you go back through the, the creation of humanity with Adam and Eve. How we, we are tied back to the living God. It's amazing. Thank you, Lord. He would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with power through his spirit in our inner self. Strengthened. Who needs strength? Anyone need strength here? Any Christians out there need strength? Well, here we're going to be strengthened, to be made strong, increased in strength, ability, inherent power. It, does, it means power for perf- performing miracles, but it also means power, moral power, excellent power, power to fulfill the call, that we be strengthened with power through the Spirit, through the Spirit of God. Remember, it says, by grace you have been saved through faith. You've got grace hanging there, but it's, it's, it's faith that's through. Faith grabs a hold of grace to partake. And so we've got the Spirit, and it's through the Spirit. So the Spirit grabs hold of the power. It's through the Spirit of God that we can take hold. Jesus says this wonderful, has this wonderful uh, dialogue with a woman at a well, and she's pulling up water, and he uses the metaphor of water to her. And he says to her, everyone who drinks this water will thirst again. He's pointing to the well. But whoever drinks the water I give will never thirst. What? Never thirst. This is the promise of the Lord Jesus Christ, that you will never thirst again. I will give, what I will give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into eternal life. Think about that. In him. Now, we've talked a lot about in Christ, but we must also understand that Christ is in us. And we are now the temple of the Holy Spirit by Jesus Christ. We are God's dwelling place. You should go back and look at Solomon's temple and read when the Shekinah glory comes down on that temple. But God does not live in temples made by human hands any longer. He, he lives in temples made by His hands. 
I was wonderfully formed in my mother's room, and he, he dwells now through Christ in my life. And sometimes we think, God, where are you? You know, it's like you're looking for someone, and they're standing right next to you, like, hey, hey, Lisa, Lisa. Oh, oh okay, she's right here. He's actually here. If you are in Christ, if you are a Christian, the Holy Spirit, the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead, actually abides in you. It's remarkable. It's just absolutely remarkable. And the power that is available to us only comes via the Holy Spirit. That's why he says, grieve not the Holy Spirit of God. You know, when you start slandering people and you can feel the Holy Spirit convicting you, and you give, you're like, I'm, not, I'm ignoring that. And slowly the Holy Spirit sort of fades in conviction. Remember when you first watched that show and you felt deep conviction, but you don't feel it anymore, so you think it's okay? The Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit, He is the point guard on earth. And it's by the Holy Spirit that we get power. It is the only way we get it. That's why it's such an emphasis on the New Testament with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. That's why He said to the disciples, I mean, wouldn't you want to recruit the disciples into your church plant? Well, before Jesus left, hey, you guys hung out with Jesus, come on, come on. But Jesus even doesn't think they're fit to leave. He says, you guys wait. You wait in Jerusalem. What are you talking about? We got all the knowledge from you. No, 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 you don't say Wait until you receive power from on high, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And many people say to me, because I come up in the old uh, the, the Baptist brethren around where they shy away from those scriptures. And they say, Nick, I've got the Holy Spirit. And I go, I agree. You've got the Holy Spirit if you're Christian, but the issue is the Holy Spirit doesn't have you. And when you get baptized in the Holy Spirit, this Holy Spirit has you. Your life changes. He grabs hold of you. His articulation of heaven comes through us. Power through the Holy Spirit in the inner self. Deep in. You know, when you start getting into uh, your life and you start really wanting to seek God and really wanting to be sanctified and you really want to be like your master, Jesus, you start to realize you're pretty messed up. Not many people here have normal childhoods. Well, normal, I guess, is, can be super dysfunctional. You, you have some stuff. I call it weirdness. Varia was copies me. There's just weirdness, man. It's deep. And that's why God goes deep in the inner self. Not the corporeal, not the shiny thing, not the outward that we peacock with one another that all of us see. God sees us all. It says all things are naked and laid bare before whom he must give an account. My kids naturally shut the door now that they're older when they're going to have a shower. Why? Because they're naked. They don't want to, no one wants to see them naked. And they don't want to be seen naked. But God sees us all. He sees everything. It's pretty funny, huh? Um, he sees everything. There's no need bluffing God. You can't play poker with God. You're not going to beat him. Can't say he doesn't know I got this. I'm just talking straight up. It's just the truth. He sees it all. And he wants to go deep into the soul and spirit. And the word of God divides both and starts to show you what is soulish and what is truly spiritual. And what is soulish often masquerades as a spirit. And I don't have time to get into it. I'd love to chat to you about it if you're interested in that. And this is the in, go deep. Yes, God wants to use you, but God wants to heal you. Yes, we believe that God heals, but heal me first, Lord. Yes, God will set you free from pornography and lust. But I remember when I was young and first got touched by the Lord, I said, free me first. I don't want to preach what I don't know or experience. And I know there are times you do when you're not, not being healed. I'll still preach healing. But, oh, God, be real to me first. 
That's a witness. Somebody who's seen something. I cannot witness just because I've read a history book. <laughs> a witness sees God is alive. Why? Because I see him. I talk to him. I've seen his power today. This stuff is so flipping good. It's like only seven verses we're going to do, and it's just like, yeah, it's amazing, Lord. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. There's that through. How does Christ dwell in your heart? Faith. That you being rooted and grounded in love. I just got to just, I know it's not stuff. The thought's going to happen, but I just, I can't pass this. So that Christ may dwell it meant to make his abode. If you go and look at how this word is applied in other passages of Scripture, you'll see that Christ went and reside or stayed somewhere. It means he set up his camp, he set up his tent, as it were, and he's almost unpacked. When somebody visits you, they don't bring everything. They just bring what they need. But God wants to, through faith in Christ, come and unpack and bring his belongings and set up residence in our hearts, by faith. Lord, where are you? He's right here. And I often believe that the stuff that God's brought me through from the weirdness of my childhood, he has taken out of the way. It's not like he's done, he's, he's, almost, he's removed more than added because the, the living water's already in me. So it's like there's these damn pieces, these stones he's taken out, so flows, flows. Flows. I almost feel like he's done more to remove stuff than to give me stuff because I already have the Holy Spirit. I already have the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead. I already have living waters rising up inside of me. Why can I not drink from them? Why can I not partake of them? Because all the pain, the hurt, the sin, all the junk that we picked up in this world that all of us have picked up. That's what God's doing. So he's like, dude, you got super bitterness. Yes, your father beat you, but you got to deal with the bitterness. This is stopping the flow. In your heart's through faith, and you will find your heart is the critical component in your life. Your heart, your affections. You may think you're intellectual. I'm in sales. You always try to take people from the intellectual to the, to the emotional. Everyone goes in buying a washing machine or what have you with an intellectual spreadsheet, but it's to move them from that to the emotional, how people buy. Right? I'm not saying I, I, I'm in the bike biz. But, but it is an emotional thing, the bike business. But it's about the heart. And that's why Jesus challenges people. He says, look, dude, i got to be first in your heart. He says some hard things, man. If you really read the book, read it. If anyone loves father, mother, children more than me, he's not worthy of me. Why? Because he knows if he's not central in your heart, it's not going to work. You're going to walk in frustration. It's a fight over the affections. That's what, who do you love? Who do you love? What do you love? Any subject I would talk on, talk on giving of time, giving of finances, giving to the local church, giving. It, I can talk about giving, but really it's an issue of the heart. Where your heart is, your treasure is also. The heart. <clears throat> Through faith. That you might be rooted. Mm, rooted. Don't you love that? Rooted. Rooted in love, to strengthen with roots, obviously, 
to render firm, to fix, to establish, cause a person or thing to be thoroughly grounded. Do you ever wonder why you may struggle with being like this in your walk? And you're all over the map and you're like, it's an issue of grounding. It's an issue of being rooted. I mean, it's amazing to go and look at these old growth forests of these great cedars. I don't know if you've been to California, the redwoods. You just sit. I don't know. It's, it's, it's a spiritual experience. I'm like, Lord, look at your creation. But the roots that are deep, the taller it goes, the deeper the roots. The deeper, the things that we don't see. But roots, I believe, in this passage really highlights nourishment. Nourishment. Do you know that God loves you? Or is it a continual problem? Because that's what you get nourishment out of, is the love of God. The dialogue with God. That when you're rejected by your friends of the world, God loves me. The most important thing is God's love. And the dialogue of love that I have with him. And I nourish myself on this. Because if you're a little bit strange, get, get used to not being understood. Get used to people saying, hmm. I know you're all looking at me. But it's, it's the truth of it. And it's the revelation of God's love that, that roots you, that feeds you. Being grounded. See, this is why it's important. Because grounded actually means foundational. It's a lean, a foundational. It's to make stable, to establish. So the roots nourish, but the, 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 the grounding, the foundation of love. You know, there's massive multi-million dollar houses around here, and no one goes up to check out the foundations. But they spend a lot of time on those foundations. It's a critical part of the house. Without foundations, it can't survive. Remember the song, And I will build my life. Upon your love. It's actually a biblical song. Who would have thought? There's, there's Susan. This is the establishment. This is Christ. For God so, God so loved the world that he gave. Isn't that interesting? You're trying to get people to give of anything before love. God so loved, he gave. And so if you try to seek God and you try to be good and you try to fulfill his requirements and you've, without any understanding of the grounding and the rootedness that's necessary, it's all weird and legalism. And it's difficult. Grounded in love, rooted and grounded, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width, the length, the height, the depth. I mean, he goes full on there. He's like, am I missing anything here? Interesting what it says to comprehend. Comprehend means this, to lay hold of with one's mind. To lay hold of so as to make one's own, to obtain, to attain, to make one's own, to take on to oneself, to appropriate the love of God. It's interesting, the, the word comprehend, it, in, it, in, another, in another passage, it, it's when that, that boy that had these seizures, you remember, and he got thrown into the fire and he had epileptic fit. That's a, it says it seized him. That's what's supposed to happen is that may you get seized with the love of God, the depth. And of course, if you've done any grade 8 math recently with your child, you'll realize length times width times height is volume. So it's not a static thing. It's a volume, the volume of God's love. Like, it's even depth. So he's at a fourth dimension, but it's this volume of love. It's not Cosmo's love where it says 40 ways to make love. This is agape. This is from above. This is 
This is something one enters into. This is an atmosphere. This is, there's so many different metaphors one could use to try and articulate. It's unconditional. You didn't read the Bible this week, did you? Oh, you got mad at the dog. You did, oh, God doesn't love you. That's conditional. That's human love. But you impose that upon him. That's what he's saying. He's saying, no, 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 dude. You need to get hold of this, the depth of the love of God. the depth of the love of Christ, which surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to all the fullness of God. Mm. Our minds need to catch up with the reality. How many of you guys got talk in the head that no one else hears? Anyone else get that? I mean, there's so much talk now with social media. It's like I don't even know how we have enough time to talk to ourselves. But... We have to get this in us, and the way you get it in us is through this book, in the meditation, in the word, and the memorization of scripture. And when the noise comes, you make it plain what the noise can do by the word of God. But it's just something I just, I, I, when I look at this, and I said, to know the love of Christ which surpasses knowledge. Everyone's seeking knowledge, more knowledge, particularly at this time in Ephesus. The Greeks sought knowledge, if you know the history of the Greeks. They just wanted more knowledge. Okay, what's God? Okay, okay, God. They didn't realize about knowing God. But that you might be filled, filled, fill a glass, with the fullness of God. You thought God just wanted to make you a better person. I thought God was supposed to help me with my finances. I thought God was just to, meant to, to, to heal me, give me a good life, you know, help me with the, the help smooth it out a bit. You know, make life a bit easier. He wants to fill you with himself. Now, you, I say that to you, your mind processes it and chucks it. But the Spirit, if you're in Christ, the Spirit, if the Holy Spirit's in you, He will translate that if you go away with that. This one line I've been meditating on for a while, it's like, be filled with fullness. What? Lord, I want to live to what this is rather than what I've experienced. Free me from the tethers of the religion of the North American Christianity. That which I mean is earthly and added. Take me higher to these places. Holy Spirit, which is 1 Corinthians chapter 2, says this. He says the Holy Spirit of God knows the depths of God. And we have been given that spirit so we might know all things freely given to us by God. Hmm. Bless you, the hungry. Thank you, Lord. We're going to land here. Last verse. And you, many of us will know this verse. Think of how the other verses you missed out on when you bridge from one to one. You're like, there's so much good in between. I'm like, now to him who is able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we ask or think, according to the power that works within us, there's a power already within us that he taps into, the Holy Spirit. We're so apt to think it's going to come. No, it's, it's actually there's something going on. There's already the, the power that's working within us. Hmm? To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. God works according toward along the power that's already working in us. Dear people, dear Lord. All to Jesus, man. What has he not done? What has he not done? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord.
this what I give you is a bit of a summary. I think it's, uh, there's more in there, but we are to be strengthened with power. Is there power in your life as a Christian? I understand if you don't know Jesus and you haven't put your faith in him, I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about Christians. Would you define your life as being one of power? Christ dwells in your heart through faith. We are deeply loved by God. Love is a dialogue between God and his people. When Paul says that you might know the love of God, the no word means like Adam knew Eve. Adam had sexual intercourse with Eve, and that's what no is. The intimacy that we are to grasp hold of, it's a two-way street, the love of God. It's taking the dialogue of God to know God. And the dialogue between his people. Love grounds us. It does. It stops you looking all over the place and looking for things and something to fill the void. It gives us a sure foundation. It stabilizes us. It feeds us that we can be filled with the fullness of God. God does way beyond what we ask or think. You know, I encourage you just in closing, and these guys are going to sing a song, and we're going to sing a song and ask just the Lord just to minister whatever he's planting or I trust he's sowing in our hearts. How do you walk it out, man? You got to put the white flag up at first. You know what the white flag is? Or you tap in the UFC, it means you give up. You realize you don't know, you can't do it. None of us can. None of us are all that in a bag of chips. It's okay. He is. He's the, he's the one. But you got to get into this book. And you got to yield to the Holy Spirit. You ever wonder why you have so much hard time reading this book? You ever wonder why you can read any novel, you can watch TV for hours, but when it comes to this book, you fall asleep? Do you ever think there might be a reason for that? Why there's so much resistance? God's wanting to break stuff off of us, even your denomination, your Baptist glasses, your brethren glasses, your Presbyterian glasses, your charismatic glasses. He's not confined by your particular bent that he would speak the word of God. And in that, we learn to hear the voice of the Spirit. The will of God is, is manifest in this book. And we start to, the Spirit of God, because we start to get the mind of Christ through the washing of the Word of Christ, which comes from His mind, we then are led by the Spirit. Then we start to stir us up that there's got to be more. And then the Spirit of the age, the stuff in the world, the always wanting more stuff, be richer, be more famous, all of that starts to wane a bit. All of the shallowness, all of the junk starts to wane as we seek him. And then you start to crave in your heart, there's got to be more than this. Am I supposed to just limp into heaven? Is this the Christian walk? Oh, we're all just sinners. Aren't the sin sinners are just the saints who fall down and get up? I heard that in a song once. Oh, shut that noise off. We have the same spirit that raised Christ in the dead abiding us. He wants articulation through you. He wants to speak through you. He wants to move through you, but he wants to bless you. And I'll give you one, one little uh, short example here. Something recently that happened to me. Um, for some reason, I've always struggled with anxiety. It happened probably in my, in, in when I was in my mother's womb. My father was very abusive. He was particularly hot at that time. I come from a family of six boys, so it was abuse and poverty, things like that. So I struggled with anxiety. But I was so used to struggling with anxiety, I thought anxiety was me. You know, you're fearful. You almost own it. That's why it's hard to remove it. And, and, I, and I began to meditate on this. And, and, and lately, through this year, I get woken up at 4 o'clock in the morning worrying about work, worrying about stuff. 
for me, I'm very vulnerable in my sleep state. I don't know why. I often get attacked in those sort of sleep state stuff. There's something interesting about that. But I said, this just recently, I said, you know what? I'm done with this. I just read this. I just read Ephesians. So get stuffed. And I said to this anxiety, whether it's a demon or not, I could care less. You've got to go. I'm done with it. I am flipping done with it. I hunger for the reality of the book. I can live with it. It says I'm supposed to live life and life to the fullest. But it also says the devil comes to kill, steal, and destroy. Only to kill, steal, and destroy. So the stuff that cripples you, if you're in Christ, you can be free of it. But do you want to be free of it? We worked with street people. I told you that for, for five years. They lived with us. Drug addicts. All manner because we got on both sides of our family. The one thing I forgot to ask them is, do you want to be free? Because guess what? It's going to be a battle, even if you want to be free. So we would try to be free for them, but it didn't work. It had to come from inside a hunger. That's why it says, blessed are they that hunger and thirst for righteousness. They will be filled. What do you want? Do you want to live the life you're living, or do you want to live the life that's in the book? Where God is working through it. He, he doesn't promise riches. I know a lot of preachers do. There's no way he does. He doesn't promise earthly riches. But he promises relationship. He promises righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. He promises to rise above all of the news that you're listening to. All of the division in the culture. All of the, the black versus white. Women versus men. He rises above all of that and brings unity in a church. Where all that stuff's left behind, we don't even talk about it. We talk about kingdom. We talk about Jesus. Think about what we could have in the first world church in 2022, 2023, in an affluent neighborhood. Do we believe that God could move just by us turning our hearts to him? It's coming. Gen 1's coming. I encourage you to consider this, to take seriously this book, to take very seriously this book. Stand with me, please. We just open our hearts, Lord, as much as we know how. <laughs> We're sick of faking it with you, Lord. We're sick of bluffing, saying one thing with our mouths and doing other things, Lord. I don't know how to do it, but I ask you to open my heart more. I open it, but I ask for you to speak. I ask for a hunger for the word of God. I ask for a hunger for that which is from above. I ask for a hunger for the truth in the innermost parts. Lord, we ask for a breakthrough in our lives where people see us and go, there's something flipping different about you. And when we speak of Jesus, it's a literal witness. It's an articulation of something we've seen in our lives, not just a doctrinal statement, but it flows through. Lord Jesus, be exalted in our lives. Lord Jesus, be lifted up. May the Lamb of God receive the rewards of his suffering. <laughs> 